Welcome to Tool Talk, the weekly podcast for Toolaholics, where all your DIY, home improvement, automotive, and tool-related questions are answered, and your need, physical need to talk tools is completely served. And now, the host of Tool Talk, Chuck Cage and Sean O'Hara from Toolmonger.com, the web's first tool blog. I'm Chuck. I'm Sean. And welcome to Tool Talk, podcast number 56. Today is Friday, June 26, 2009. If you'd like to give us a call, you can call us at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229, extension 702. Or you can email us at ckage or sohara, that's S-O-H-A-R-A, at toolmonger.com. And here we are. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) We've got a whole bunch to talk about this time, so we probably should keep the BS to a minimum and just jump right in, yeah? Probably. Probably. So maybe the top five, huh? Indeed. Number one. Actually, number five. Oh, fine. Okay. Number five. <laughs> number five. Uh, the Milwaukee M12 3.8 Chuck Drill. Ah, this is the new com- subcompact. Yeah. yeah. I love these. I have a lot to say about this. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote about these... Uh, for a magazine recently, and I also have, uh, uh, we got to use one out at, uh, at Milwaukee's little test trip. Product symposium. Or, right, yep. uh, where they came out with their new one, and I love these things. You know, f- when the PS20 came out, and it kind of opened that subcompact market, right? And then, right. of course, Milwaukee followed right on with, with the M12 theirs, line and- which, was, which was great as well. Yeah. A little bit more runtime, slightly larger, not enough that you really make a difference. Great little drill. Yeah. I always thought, you know, it used to be that you needed, most homeowners would buy like a 14.4 back when they, those were common, right? Right. And then the 18 and, you know. They'd buy like a 12 or a 14.4 or even a 9.6 back in the old day. Yeah. Had one. Right. Yeah. I remember when, when we were installing your garage door. Exactly. That that 9.6. POS Ryobi I had. Yeah. Yeah. Back then. (laughs) The the new Ryobi, the green ones, of course. Oh, they're awesome. Much nicer. But anyway, so. That was it. For a homeowner, you were like, well, you can't have a real powerful one because they're too expensive and too big. And so then when the PS20 came out and the 18 volts came out, I was like, you know, as a homeowner, I would recommend having an 18 volt and a subcompact because that subcompact would work for driving some drilling, not much. Not really great for the drilling. Because come on, look at it. Number one, you've got to have bits with a quick release. Right. Uh, Number two, which, which sucks. I mean, if you just need to pre-drill a hole, I mean, you and it doesn't have to be super accurate size-wise because it's just a pre-drill for a screw. Yeah, fine, you can do that with it. But honestly, they're more expensive too. Yeah, and when they break, they're hard to replace because yeah. singles are hard to find. You can't do that. Yeah, real well. And then, I mean, size various sizes are hard to find, and then they wobble. Yeah, and let's be serious, they wobble, which is a problem if you're trying to drill. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, not a huge problem with a driver, but with a drill, it sucks. Yeah. So what they've done in this new kind of world of them, and there are a bunch of them out now. I mean, let's see. Uh, Bosch has one. Bosch has one. Uh, the uh, the PS30, right? Right. The yeah. Re- yeah. It's, it's, a, it's basically the... It's the, a little bigger. Yeah, it's kind of chunky on the top end, but, you know, it's still a solid drill, and it's still on that 10.8 or 12-volt system, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, it's right. still on that same platform. So, yeah, it's a solid performer, Imagine, like... You know, ten percent larger in heft, and maybe a, mm. a bit longer. 
bit longer. I'd say probably about fifteen to twenty percent. Really larger think, yeah. in half because yeah, the motor's a lot bigger and the yeah, chuck right, itself right. is kind of. It, it's a sizable difference, but it's still a lot smaller than a regular like 12 volt or, or you know like a, a bottom shoe battery type thing right uh it's I a mean, lot smaller a than lot that. smaller and you're going from the the big differences here obviously you get a three inch chuck a real chuck yeah real which one. means that you can put whatever you want a drill a bit you know screwdriver bit anything you right. want to put in a regular chuck you can do in that you're getting with most of them a, a two-speed drill mm-hmm. which means you can run it at a low speed for driving where it will actually have enough torque to do some damage, you know, most people, uh, homeowners don't get the whole electric motor, you know, torque concept. That right. It has the most at lowest speed. At stall speed. Yeah. yeah. So the lower, you know, slower speeds better for powerful driving. Right? right. Yet drilling sucks at low speed. You know, you want to get it going pretty good. Well, and you got to move the debris out of the way. And right. Everything. I mean, you, speed is good. Right. At least in wood. Right. Anyway. Uh, right. And with metal to some extent. But right now you're getting a two speed drill with the top end on these being 13, 1500 RPM, which is enough to actually do something with. You can pretty much drill. I mean, are you going to drill huge holes in metal? No. Are you going to drill masonry? Come on. It's a subcompact people. You know, are you going to probably do it if you had enough batteries with it? But <laughs> stupid, but yeah, but you could probably you'd do be it. Better off putting a bit in your we have done, driver. <laughs> we have done dumber but, things, be honest, you know, but yeah, but I, I but mean, honestly, it'll handle most of your household. Right. And things they do have a bigger motor, which means that you're going from uh, what in the hundred and twenty something inch pound range to two hundred, two hundred and forty, two hundred, two hundred plus is normally yeah, two hundred plus inch pounds of torque, which is enough. I mean, this is like the old fourteen four, you yeah. know? Yeah, it really is. And, and 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 it's tiny. Yeah, and the the thing is, the it's lithium ion, so it's got all the benefits of that. It's tiny, but the other thing is, man, you can. You can carry this thing around. You can put it in places that you wouldn't normally be able to get a a larger unit. You can do all of this stuff, and you can still do all the little tiny BS things that you had to do. And it's still one drill. You know, it's still one system too. If you've invested in this system, you're still not losing anything. A lot of times, you'll see like uh, somebody has like you know five, six, seven little twelve volt or ten point eight volt. Uh, tools to this one system and then they got this one big honking battery charger with a 18 24 36 <laughs> yeah. we're like yeah it won't do x and so i gotta have this one and it's the odd man out this one if you're already invested in the system yeah you're good you know yeah and i i have to admit i just for around the house there are things that you can't do with this but there aren't a lot you know i i suspect that most homeowners could could get away with this I can. I the can tell you that. The only thing you couldn't do is like I mean, we had a friend that wanted to move a dryer vent, right? You know, and it's into the, screwed into the brick on the outside, and you're just screwed. Yeah. I mean, but with a decent 18 volt hammer drill, you'd have been fine. Yeah. You know, so but you can borrow one. Yeah, and here's the thing. You know, a lot of them they uh, they'll tell you, especially because uh, there's a few. Let me back up. There's a few of these. There's the Bosch one that we were talking about. You sure. know, uh, Rigid's got one. Right. Uh, Craftsman's got one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Hitachi's got one. Makita's got. I mean, there's there's right. a lot there's of the manufacturers of are out there. And now Milwaukee has one. the The thing you got to remember is it's just not straight hole drilling from three eighths inches down. Right. You can put a a spade bit in it. Right. You could put a hole bit in it. Right. Now, granted, you ain't going to get a whole lot of them out of it. No. However, a but general on. household user right isn't going to drill five two inch 
holes. No. With a hole saw. You know, cut cut uh, five two-inch holes. Right. You're going to cut one, and this will do that. Yeah. You know? Or, Even if you need a dozen of them, most of them will do that. And certainly, you know, come on. It's not like a job site. Plug it in charge it if you need to. Yeah. Normally, they come with two batteries. So A lot of them don't, which is interesting you know. to me. It seems like they ought to. Well, I know the Bosch, the Craftsman, and uh, the Milwaukee. The Milwaukee oh, ships comes with, with one. one. That's right. Yeah. The Milwaukee ships with one. The the Hitachi comes with two. The the Makita, that's the M one. The Makita comes with two, and the Rigid comes with two. The Rigid it? comes yeah. with two. Yeah. I I really feel like the Rigid, the uh, the Milwaukee, of course, the Milwaukee and the Bosch to me are 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 my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Rigid is right up there. The big thing about Milwaukee and Bosch, though, is that they both offer a lot of other tools in the line, like you talked about before. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people <clears throat> miss out when you're when you're buying a drill. The drill is almost always the center of your of your purchase. You know, the drill is the tool you're going to use a lot. Right. But, you know, you might as well buy a battery system that's going to offer some other stuff. Useful and, things, not right, you right. know, like a, electric a, nose picker. Right. You know, exactly. This is not what you need. You need <clears> stuff. One plus. Here. <laughs> <laughs> one plus. <clears throat> the, the, the tire pump one was where I got off. You know, I'm like, oh, I come mean, on. Yeah, it's cool. You know, I can see some others. Flashlight, flashlight's cool. You know, look, I, I that is one of the things that I, I use is like <laughs> I a buy a battery system that doesn't offer a flashlight. Yeah, I, I need a flashlight. OK, and it better be LED now because because yeah. <laughs> everybody's is LEDs. And yeah, come on. And come on. You, you can Speaking do Speaking of that Milwaukee flashlight is badass. We uh, is, is that out on the site yet? No, I'm going to write a post about that. It's coming out next week or supposed to be coming out. next. Oh, week. really? You've already. I haven't written it yet, but oh, it's, yeah, I'm going to do that if you don't, because that's cool. Yeah. Um, They've really done an incredible job with this little LED light. And what I like is they haven't tried to figure out a rotating head. Okay, come on. You know, I don't really need a rotating head and a little bitty light. They've kept it small. Right. Uh, you know, it's not funky shaped. It's LED, so you're not going to break it by dropping it, you know. In in fact, at the at the Milwaukee event, I they mean. threw it a good 30 feet. Oh, yeah, a couple of times, and everybody happily beat the crap out of it and it was, it was okay yeah you know? which is not surprising because the led i mean you have to smash it to make it work right and break the battery could come off it which it does which it does and you slap it back in there and it's fine yeah and, and you can break anything but right but what's really badass about it is that instead of trying to put like 20 leds in it or something or let it just be dim like most of them are they're using a single very bright led which is the way of the future everybody's doing that right. now with if a huge at, reflector it has this crazy reflector, and I forget who it was. They told us at the time they're probably going to kick our ass now because they're sitting there listening going, I told you it was yeah. this guy, <laughs> and I don't remember. But there was a guy uh, that they brought in, I guess, for the, po- the purpose of doing the optics for it. And it's crazy. When you look into it, it looks like one of those like infinite mirrors with the lights in it, 70 style, yeah. you know? And it looks like it's about an inch and a half deep. Yeah, if you could think about it, it looks like a Quicksilver ice cream cone mold. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's... That's awesome. It's true, too. It's true. I mean, it's pretty deep. I but mean, the upshot of all this is that when you turn this thing on, it has a relatively focused, not super tight, which is good, yeah. but a relatively focused beam that is very bright. It reminds me of an old school flashlight, mm-hmm. not, you know, the changeable thing or all the stuff. It's like a flashlight, like the old kind you hold in your hand and it's straight, you know, and it had right. a couple double D's in it and right. a couple D's. Yeah. And oh, yeah. you'd like, you'd like walk around with it, right? Exactly. It's one of those except way brighter and way wider. Yeah. It's. You know? It's about as close as I've seen to an actual quote unquote mag light experience uh, without all the BS to it. 
know? Yeah, and the focus, does, I, I just don't need that much. Uh, well, generally I'm using... focused like half the time. Yeah, generally I'm using the, the flood feature Plus you get anyway. the hole in the middle. Yeah. Which sucks. Um, this is very, very not that way. And they're not, uh, you know, they, they made a big presentation at the Milwaukee thing uh, as well about the color of the LEDs as right, well. Right, and right. this, this totally. one is, looks pretty white. It does. Compared to some of the blue ones that don't actually, you know, and I don't know how to describe it, but the. It looks the, bright. The blue ones don't really have a lot of cast to them. Like mm-hmm. if you're working a foot or two in front of you, it's okay. But if you're like five, six, eight feet in front of you, it doesn't really project very well. This one doesn't have a problem with that. You know, the it's nice and bright, even far away, you know? Um, I yeah, it was really cool. It, it was I, I pretty was cool. definitely, yeah, I know it has something to do with the light and the reflector, you know, right. Focused right. How, how it I is. I took a picture you know. of that reflector. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but I mean, that's in the M12 nice line. line. Yeah, yeah, it's in the M12 line. There's a bunch of stuff in the M12 line. If you are, as a homeowner, some of it uh, is pretty practical. Some of it, eh, but you you may not buy that many other tools if you're uh, if you're a homeowner. If you're a pro, boy, there's some neat stuff in the line. Well, honestly, there are twelve or actually eleven tools in the M12 line that are going to be released, refitted, or or right otherwise out available this year sure, for sure. for Milwaukee. And every one of them, I haven't looked at any one of them and went, wow, I have no idea what I'd do with that. <laughs> you know? No, that's true. And I'll tell you the, the uh, other one, it's not an M12 line, but we can talk about it later, is the uh, is the compact portable bandsaw. Yeah, that thing's badass. The uh, junkyard tool of choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just I don't kidding. know. The junkyard tool of choice might be... Uh, uh, the hacksaw. The hacksaw. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's still. that's some pretty sweet stuff right there. But indeed. But yeah, anyway. Anyway, yeah. M twelve line, lots of good stuff there. Uh, the the Bosch line, lots of good stuff there as well. I mean, right. you've got uh, with it, you've got a flashlight too. Do they have the LED flashlight out now? Yeah. So yeah, there you out. go. It came out uh, around Christmas. So and uh, you know, um, both so. of them are, are solid lines. They have tools you will actually use and, and are backed up pretty well and, and available. So now the rigid, uh, the rigid compact three eights, which, you know, back to just to go full circle here before right. when we started wandering, you know, the, uh, the rigid feels really nice and it's a, a really nice, uh, piece of gear. There aren't a lot of, there isn't really anything else in the line of significance. Yeah, I think there's a saw of some kind or something like that, but it's not the same as yeah. as the the stuff you're seeing come out of, and they're coming out some really crazy things uh, in the years ahead for for the the 12 volt line. So I can't imagine they're going to be able to keep pace with the things we've we've already seen. Yeah, that, and and why when there's so many other TTI tools that are right. filling the marketplace. Yeah, that, so. I just can't imagine. But the the rigid drill, if you happen to see it, or if it's if on you a wanted to buy like one, that, or you bought it on, it's a great drill. It's worth your money. Yeah, you know, it's a good piece of gear. Um, don't expect to expand it left, right, and backwards. Right. But if you're just in it for the drill and the in the light, which is all it comes with, you know, it's a great deal. But my gut, Bosch or Milwaukee for these three eights, and they'd be a great homeowner drill. They'd be a great. Uh, they'd be be a great uh, professional drill for. a a pro that is is uh, uses a drill as a secondary tool. Yeah, you know, like like an electrician or you know someone where you're going to drill a hole every Plumber, now and then. You, know, that kind you of bet. Thing. I mean, it would just. And what's great is that you know they have other 
as, as the Milwaukee that we're talking about here, they have tools for those people in the line, the inspector for plumbers and electricians Absolutely. and other stuff. And they got a lot it's of cool. voltmeters and, uh, you know, clamp meters and everything now. coming out. I mean, it's, it's crazy with the, the Milwaukee line they're coming out with. So I, I was pretty, uh, excited to see it and, and I'm glad they're continuing with the line. And this one I think is, is overdue. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like hijack that. Oh no, but no, it's cool. I really like those three. You put a three eighths inch chuck on those and give them a little extra juice, and well, and that's man, worth it. You know, you got a prime piece of gear. You just went from a you know the PS20 family, which was cool, to something that is just completely badass. Yeah, and uh, it's every from everything I've seen, it's about it's every bit as good as the the Bosch. So, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we've we've. And our hands on both. both. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they feel the same. And also, if you're worried about it, if you're, oh, it can't be that powerful, it feels just like a regular 12 or 14 volt. It does. Drill. Yeah. Uh, it at does. least with the Milwaukee and the Bosch. I, yeah. I, the others, maybe, and the Rigid actually feels pretty much the same, too. It's true. But the, those two especially are very, very the solid. The form factor will be familiar to you. Yeah. It is smaller, but it's not like so small you can't get a hold of it and do yeah. what you need to do. I it's think not a the, micro tool. The tiny. Something size bump in them actually works yeah you know i think it's the right size it's a lot smaller than your 18 volt a lot smaller than your 18 it's tiny yeah um but not so tiny you can't use it which is the point no you know so uh, good stuff uh number number four four hidden power and this one uh is basically uh one of those uh you know this isn't as much of a problem as it used to be back in the day. You know, you used to have actually phones mounted in your house instead of you know, <laughs> yeah, instead sure. of cell phones. But uh, one of the big things and a lot of uh, complaints you see is uh, the jack and uh, power and all that kind of stuff. And then it, you got cables running everywhere to the phone and that kind of blows. So mm-hmm. this one is a jack that has, you know, power and everything like that. And you can hook the, f- the phone to it so it can just be sitting there on the wall. Um. I don't actually have a phone in my house <laughs> anymore, <laughs> but uh, a lot of people do. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. I do, cool. but I have, like, the base station sitting in an office on a desk. Right. You know, and then all around the house, it's just a charger. Yeah. You know, so, like, in a bedroom or something, you just have a charger with a phone sitting in it. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, and there's a lot of people who have these, like but. A complex solution to not an incredible Yeah, problem. I mean, but. Then again, you know, I know what you're saying, though, because when you have like a lot of houses, older houses especially have the wall mount because in the kitchen, right. you always had a wall mount phone. Yep. And so people are hanging a wall mount phone on them. But the new wall mount phones need power. Right. So now you have it jacked all pretty to this hanging jack. And then you've got this stupid cable running, running from it, which kind of defeats it's the just purpose. Ugliest yeah. Scene, so so yeah, I mean, I'm this kind of fixes some of that. Um, but, you know, eh. Uh, the other one is uh, editorial. Uh, this one I did uh, about the next generation. This is actually something I pulled from the uh, Milwaukee event the other oh, day, Oh, this too. is number three, right. Right. Uh, number three is uh, the uh, uh, Michael, I'm going to butcher his name, Kalanen, I think. Anyway, uh, he I remember is, the guy more than the name. Yeah, he's the executive <laughs> director, director of the NJATC. Um, Do you remember what that means? Uh, not off the top of my head. <laughs> But it's like uh, the National Journeyman Association Training Center, I think. Nice. Uh, I, I th- Bottom line I, I is it's this group that, that works with, in his case, electricians, right? Right. Where uh, their goal is to you know, encourage people to get into the trade and then to provide uh, you know, 
materials to standardize training and make it available to everyone. Right. And uh, they are, uh, along with everybody else in the industry, having some issues with uh, funding and and, uh, really getting what this training program is going to be and how they're going to find these people and how they're going to get the next generation trained for the work that's going to be going on in the next 10, 15, 20 years. And it's, it kind of struck me as an interesting problem because it's, it's something that's not going Now, a lot of people say, Oh, it'll work itself out. Well, that's true. It will, but it may not happen in the way you want it to. Um, there, there's always a supply and demand of this stuff, but really what their whole focus is, is providing the uh, quality training and the quality apprenticeship to get these qualified journeymen and, and apprentices out in the field and, and doing what they do so that things get done correctly. And right. that's really, I think, the their biggest focus is trying to get the, this isn't an unskilled job, what they're doing. No, hell no. And I think a, a couple bad, you know, a couple bad in, or people can ruin a lot of uh, reputation and a lot of, oh, it's close enough. Well, a lot of times <laughs> this is, isn't close enough. People's, you know? people's lives depend on the work that professional, that professionals in those areas do. Right. And you're uh, talking about, you know, industrial contract, you know, industrial electrical contractors. And, hell, for and, that matter, even the work that's in your house. I right. Mean, if a I guy... Mean, you know, jacks up building your house, it burns down. This is a problem for you. Yeah, exactly. You know? I am woefully uneducated about how the how professionals enter their trade. You know, it doesn't matter how much time you spend around a shop if you're not a pro, and even if you are a pro or you're not a pro in a particular field. You don't know about it. You just don't know. Right. And and I found his little talk pretty enlightening in a couple of areas. Um, I was a little confused about how maybe the, uh, you know, his looking forward, you know, whether right. indeed there are going to be, there's going to be this shortage or there's not going to be this shortage of people in the, in the trade. But I did find it interesting. One thing really struck home with me, which is that he was talking about how, how, uh, baby boomers and forward essentially told their kids that college was the only option, right? You are either, you will go to college and, or, or you are a loser. Yeah, or your life is over. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's pointless. And and uh, there's a lot of pressure on that. My parents were good. They didn't really push that. But everybody else did. Right. You know, the peer pressure was uh, was was heavy. Um, and I think the funny thing is, is that it pushed a lot of people to go to college without any particular desire. You know, if you think of college, it's like the ultimate trade school, right? You're getting a general education yeah. in a trade that is you know, it could be accounting or it could be, uh, you know, English literature or whatever. It's, it's an education and as, as our trades and, you know, generally, uh, while yes, getting an, a college education is a valuable thing, regardless of how you use it. One could argue that getting a, an education as a, an electrician would be uh, valuable regardless of how you use it as well in terms of the special right. skills that you would get there. Right. But, uh, Boy, there sure was a lot of pressure. And I think that it, it sort of it took a lot of people in that period. And he seemed to be saying this. And I agree with my own experience that it seemed that it took a lot of people and pushed them into areas where they maybe they were thinking, I don't really know what I want to do. So I'll go to college, which is cool. Right. 
But then after years of college, you know, you get out and I still don't know what I want to do. So you go into sales, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, how it is. it's like, or, or, or programming or, or something some else, job completely you know? unrelated yeah. to your degree, you know? Yeah. And, uh, number one, the idea of working one's way through, uh, seems to have uh, faded a bit, you know, in the day. Uh, I remember a lot of people doing that. Hell, even there were there were few and far between when I was in college. It was like, right. I mean, I knew a guy who who did roofing work to to pay his way through school, mm-hmm. you know, be, but largely unskilled. Yeah, and that's that's not the type of thing that that they're talking about here. No. I mean, they're talking about these are skilled jobs, and you need to learn them. And he was pointing out how, and I didn't know this, that these days things have changed. It used to be that you went to school. You know, and you were an apprentice for a long time where you did nothing of value. Right. Until one day, you know, you had your ticket and you just worked your ass off. Whereas now, as he was saying, it it, it appears that and, and if, if you have a different experience with this, by all means, call in and tell us, you know, I don't want to speak for you. This is just my first introduction to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how now the uh, the journeyman programs allow them to allow new people to make money while they're learning, you know, right. and they're actually on the site doing valuable things on day one paired with someone who w- looks at their work and, and assures with that a journeyman. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and they have classroom and book learning and everything like sure, that. Sure. I mean, and this is, it kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, some of the, uh, auto classes, you know, like, uh, some of the technical schools and stuff like that, that, yeah. that, produced qualified mechanics these are not like guys out in the back you know chewing tobacco and well i guess (laughs) this isn't like these are auto technicians and that's what they do now there's you know a questionable thing on some of them but honestly they were technical schools that taught you how to do it gave you hands-on gave you all the book learning and the and the education about the engineering and some of the other stuff you were going to need and had placement programs, which would put you good stuff. You needed to go. And this is kind of the same thing as far as I can tell, uh, for you learn, you work, you get paid. Right. Yeah. Electrical valuable work on site. Right. You're doing valuable work to your education. And as he liked to point out, instead of going in and, and obviously you can work your way through college as well. But when you weigh in one hand, the concept of just jumping in and, uh, putting 40 to, $80,000 $80,000 down for four years of college if you're not sure what you want to do versus putting in a few years of your life into becoming an electrician and you actually have zero debt and you might even make money during that time. And, you know, quite honestly, you're still, it's not, it's not a bad deal. No. And it's target specific. That's one of the things that I've always appreciated about Technical. I mean, I went to a type of technical school, I guess, <laughs> and uh, it's it's targeted towards what you're going to be doing and the skills that you're going to need, all of the skills that you're going to need when you get out, and what's important to you, and it just tailors all of that towards your final goal, which is getting a job as a qualified professional when you get out. And I think that recently, in the last you know couple decades, has started to become a little undervalued. Uh, yeah. Because it doesn't have the same, I guess, uh, mystique or the same upper end that some of the four, six, eight, you know, whatever college institutions can do. That doesn't make them any less valid and it doesn't make them any less of a profession than. You know, the crazy thing is that I'm not so sure that salaries are as different as they used to be. Yeah. You know, it seems to me and I'm I'm just talking on my butt here, but it just 
thinking of people I know, right? Who are who who are in various uh, college educated professions and people who are in various skilled labor professions. Mm-hmm. You know, it occurs to me that that like everything, the intro is similar or higher, right? You know, the the mid phase of it is similar. And quite honestly, you know, the upper end of it is is determined not by your start or 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 even your chosen profession, but rather by your drive to find the top of it. Yeah, that's more driven by you. You Anybody, can make some huge bucks as an electrician, or especially a plumber or anything yeah, else. As you you know, either choose to build your own business or you choose to become educated and skilled in very specific specialized areas. Right. You, you know, know, there are ways you can make mega bucks yeah and it's the same in college you can you can just float around in 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 you know mid buck jobs for years and years and years after college and you can drive on and make money you know it's really based more on you than whether you jumped into this trade or jumped into you know an office job but i don't think they go into that a lot when you're in high school and the, or in the counseling center, oh, they say, yeah. go to college, go to college. Loser, you know, yeah, your life will be over. BS. You know, it's, it's like no, nothing it's wrong not. with going to college. There's nothing wrong with going into a trade either. No, you know, and you should decide what benefits you. And I hope if anybody's listening has kids that they make them aware of that as well. Yeah. You know, as best they can, because uh, there's going to be a lot of people pushing them. Yeah. And it's just not, uh, uh, it's not something that is a, should be oh this is the backup or this is you know if if somebody's interested in this it's not necessarily a death sentence for the rest of their well, life. Here's the way to put it, know? as far as I'm concerned. You say you want something better for your kids than you had, right? Well, remember that the best thing in life is doing what you love and getting paid, right? And if somebody uh, if somebody wants to be an electrician or you know, or or any kind of professional Panic, field, plumber, any right. of that stuff. If that's what they want to do, and that's what they're interested in, then that is where they are going to be the happiest. And if you wish the best for them, then that's where you want them. Yep. And it's the same with any other field. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is they want, that's where they're going to be happy. And the good news is, is that there's money to be made out there. Even in, as he pointed out, even in a crappy economy, there's money out there to be made all over if you're if you're willing to look for it and grab it. Yeah. People need electricity. <laughs> this so. is true. <laughs> This is true. So, yeah, I just thought it was pretty interesting, so I wrote up a little post about it. So, Heck yeah, and apparently uh, yeah, people agree. Uh, so that was number three. Um, number two. Number two, the new color of Sears, green. Um, yeah, Sears launched their uh, their new green website earlier, and this is, uh, I think, one uh, Kevin or, or Ben wrote up. And uh, it it kind of goes over uh, some of the, uh, you know, because it's, it's a huge hot topic right now oh, yeah? the whole yeah this the the whole you, you know what i'm talking about everything's green and you know there's the the imaginary carbon footprint numbers and then there's the the uh, uh not that they're imaginary or anything like that but a lot of people are trying to figure that out and it seems like everybody's calculation is different but there's products and stuff you can do to your house and, and well, see, all that kind of thing in my book here's where it gets weird okay yeah. i mean when it comes down to like carbon numbers you can realistically tell the carbon that uh like a something like your car emits mm-hmm. and you can flatten no where it gets a little shaky is when like, for example, you're, you're looking at power. So you use so many kilowatt hours of power. Well, that's great. Where did the power get made? 
how did the power get made? Right. Yeah. You know, and and what kind, how much got lost between you and the place? If you used a kilowatt hour, how much was that at the at the plant where you know the coal plant where in Texas, of course, mm-hmm. right? Where it you know where it burned? How much coal they actually burned? It, it's hard to answer. Then you can also get nasty too in terms of like, you know, uh, what it took to manufacture the item. You know, your car. If they made your car in the last couple of years, I mean, how how much carbon did, went into making the car? Did they ship parts from uh, from Germany to the U.S.? You know, was it made in Mexico and then and then trucked over here? You know, how did it work? And it gets really difficult. So I think that accounts for a lot of the differences that you're looking at. Is that yeah? And I don't know if anybody's really come up with a surefire. There isn't. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know for a fact. I can't there imagine isn't. there's there's one that that works. But um, most of the products on the Craftsman side are, are uh, or at least the Craftsman Green side, are just stuff that uh, can make your home a little more uh, uh, quote unquote green or eco friendly. Like kind of stuff? stuff. Uh, like low flow stuff for the bathroom and nice. and uh, stuff that doesn't corrode and and more efficient, you know, Energy Star stuff and uh, materials that were. Uh, uh, cheaper and and didn't cut down as many trees that kind of stuff um just the the basic you know light bulbs that you know don't have all the the badness cfls sure yeah so there's there's all kinds of products are out there that are just kind of grouped together on this little uh craftsman site that are they're okay or sears site i guess i'll tell you one that i think is kind of cool i've seen a couple of propane string trimmers recently that strikes me as a really cool idea you know, it seems like a string trimmer is a great example of something that you really don't want to be corded. Yeah, yeah. And you, corded string trimmers blow. Yeah, and you wind up you wind cutting up the cord. Cutting the cord, literally. Eventually. Or, you know, dragging it around and killing yourself, you know, either way. It's just a bad idea. So you need one to be cordless. Well, battery-powered ones, yeah, they work, you know, but when it comes down to it, you, you know, a combustion engine in one is just going to give you... Right now, it's a it's a it's so easy to store more power with you, to where you can actually have some serious runtime and some serious juice to actually make it go, mm-hmm. you know. And yet, gas ones are a total pain in the ass. I, mean, I don't know if you've messed with one. Oh, I used one for years. And and they just they're they're, they're an ass beating, you know. I mean, you have to service them. I mean, they're two cycle in most cases, so you're stuck with you know with gas oil mix, which not only is a pain in the ass, it's nasty, right? And and oh, yeah. smells awful. And you have the whole leaving it sit thing, you know, because then it sits over the winter, and then you got to figure it out. Maybe it sits for the week, and you got to figure it out. Also, you're if you have to uh, do as much as I did, uh, you wind up with numbness because that engine is vibrating the living crap out of you. <laughs> See, the the propane kind, and there's one company in particular I know, and I don't know if Sears carries this, but there's one in particular that uses, I thought this was awesome, those little Coleman bottles. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can buy them real easy, yeah. and, and they just screw in it. And essentially, you don't have any of the fuel mess that you have. Uh, you're making carbon, of course, but you're making... You know, a lot of the of the pollutants that come from uh, using gas oil mixture, especially, are gone. The fuel itself is easier to handle. As a lot of people like to point out from an environmental standard, you actually have more issues with spilling gas than you do with burning it. Yeah. I mean, if you spill, you know, a small amount of fuel, you have done much worse to the environment than burning the rest of it. Right. You know, and plus, 
it's cleaner and it, it fires right up, you know, because you don't have the mess with the carburetor that you do. You know how it is. I mean, oh, yeah. that just struck me as a cool idea. Regard, I mean, whether you're into the green or not, it is a greener solution. Right. But even if you don't care about that, it's just a better solution, you know? Yeah, it's a little easier to deal with. And Hell almost yeah, anything screwing is, the thing and turn it on, you know? Yeah, almost anything's easier to deal with than those old uh, gas. cycles. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hated those things. <laughs> I hated that. Oh, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and, and uh, they were always also smelling good, you know? So that was, oh, yeah, uh, it's nasty. Oh, yeah, you can't feel your right arm because you're... <laughs> <laughs> you know, had to do a two and a half acre chain link fence. You know, you you walk oh, home. Oh man, chain link fences are rough too. Oh yeah, it's they're a, hell on string. Wraps it up at the speed of the motor. Beats on, the living crap out of you. Then there's this rat nest right around. The, oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. great. Loved it. It was exciting. <laughs> Never doing it again. <laughs> but, I know what you're saying though. It's so hard because on one hand you do want to be environmentally conscious of what you do, but you don't want to be stupid about it either, you know? Right. And I, my takeaway has always been that if you can do something in a more, in a cleaner fashion and it, and it's not going to hurt you by all means, do it. Well, yeah. And a lot of times you see uh, stuff like some of this still, uh, leaf blowers and, and everything like that, that are coming out that are cleaner and quieter and, and you're like, well, we'll be happy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why not? You know, I mean, it doesn't cost any more and it's quieter, it's smaller, it's, you know, cleaner. This this stuff is better, you know, as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't have the same raw power. Probably not. But it has more than you need anyway. So <laughs> does it matter? No. You know, so that that kind of stuff, I think that's in you're going to see a lot more of that here coming through. Well, and, and I put it through my filter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So, uh. I would uh, be happy if my neighbor next door freaking had a quieter leaf blower than he, <laughs> every morning, eight thirty. You like, oh well, I'm up. You know, it's great. <laughs> Actually, one of the, I saw something really cool a couple of weeks ago too, which is uh, you've heard of the robotic mowers, of course, right? Oh sure. Uh, there's a company that makes one that uses a, a couple of cool things about it. it well, it's uh, I can never say the name Husqvarna. Yeah, Husqvarna. Yeah. yeah, and uh, they they make one that is not only a robot mower, which is cool anyway, right? Mm-hmm. If you have like a relatively large flat lawn, this thing looks cool as hell. It has a dock and it like docks itself up, and in this Sweet. case, it has uh, solar cells on it too. So, it, like, as stupid as this may sound, it actually runs. They're they're not saying, oh, it's just going to run off the power of the sun forever. It charges itself, but they say it extends the runtime and when it's sunny out by like. 60 percent or something like that it's great Big difference yeah. yeah what the hell you know you might as well it's outside anyway i mean yeah put the thing on it yeah, yeah it's fine and and uh the cool part is though it uses like sharp blades mm-hmm. we're not talking about like smashing the grass apart like a normal blade like when you say blade i mean you could like hack on yourself the with it. Gonna cut sense nothing, of the word you know? yeah i mean these are like razor sharp blades they're like exacto knife blades mm-hmm and it's smaller because it does a you know a continuous pattern and mows the grass all the time instead of every now and then. But it's almost silent because nice. it's just like you know cutting the grass with these super sharp blades. Yeah, exactly. And it's electric, so you know it, it seems like a kind of cool deal. It's pretty high buck. I mean, and I know people are going to laugh because I can't remember. It's like four grand or something, right? Oof. Now, have you priced a riding lawnmower? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they start it too. And you have to mow the grass. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the big thing here. I mean, yeah, okay. So it's in the price range of a low end zero turn. Right. Right. But you have to drive the low end zero turn. I wonder how many times the robotic one gets stuck. I don't know. You know, if it's like, I, I, I'm guessing, and I would really like to see an action. Yeah. One of these days, we're going to have to see if, if one of these places will let us actually try one. Yeah, we'll drag it out to my parents' house. Yeah, it does. I'd there. like to, you know what? I'd like to put it here. See, I bet it would work great at your parents' house. Because there are a few obstacles. It's flat. It's square. Yeah. It's easy to define the perimeter. There, it, it couldn't handle that anyway because it really is made for like a third of an acre and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there are like two acres that ain't going to fly. But, but it's flat. You know, like their front yard would be fine. I'd be interested. What about my yard? You know, it's, your, your it yard has a has hill. A, it has a hill. Yeah. You know, I think that would be a problem for it. It has a hill. It has some hard to find edges. You know, it's it's got... Some little crap sticking up, you know. I have a sprinkler system. I'd be interested to see how it works in something like mine. And mine's the right size. Theoretically, it should work. The other thing I thought was interesting is I wonder if people would steal it in a, in a residential yeah. area. <laughs> you know, it's out there at 2 in the morning. Somebody drives by and just picks it up and makes off with your, like, There's four grand worth of mower. There you go. <laughs> then again, I don't know exactly how you'd hock it. I mean, it's well. <laughs> The local the local pawn shop probably isn't going to be interested in half an automated lawn mowing rig. eBay. <laughs> eBay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. eBay. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Sorry, I mean to go on. Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you see a whole bunch of like, Husqvarna, robot, solar-powered robot mower, no base mower station, only. no yeah. mower only. <laughs> oh, yeah. So where to look when your mower shows well, screw up? Screw that, though. Just go in the backyard and steal a base station, too, you know? Yeah, front yard is. Yeah, front be. yard. Yeah, whatever it is, you know. I don't know. I, I don't know how that. I, my guess is. I don't know, Texas. That sounds like a good way to get shot. Like, <laughs> the I, more I, you could just like swing by, run out, grab it, because it stops. That's the thing. If anybody touches it, it stops. <laughs> you just go around, kick go around it. touch it, it, stops, pick it up, put it in the car, and leave. You know, but unhooking the base station and bringing it with you, I don't know. That might be dangerous. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that'd work, but but. The concept is nice. <laughs> yeah, it know? is. It is one of these days. I'm glad they have these things because one day, yeah, I know, like the, the shop-based iRobot, you know. Not no, happening. Not in my shop. But yeah. you know what? That means that one day there will be a robot that will clean my shop. Right now, the cost offset of uh, four grand to paying somebody else to do my yard. Yeah, no kidding. I don't. I don't know if I can get there from money, here, man. man. Yeah, I mean that's that's a bunch of stuff you can get done for years. Say you pay two hundred bucks a month to do it, you know, which is a good chunk. That's a lot. Dude. But let's say, you know, but let's just say, yeah, you know, I mean, still, what were we talking about? That's it's two grand every ten months, so four grand gets you twenty months, almost two years. Yeah, we'll see how long that thing lasts. <laughs> yeah, <too>. exactly. <laughs> and especially if it was like my yard, my yard probably be about a hundred bucks a month, so. Boy, that's that's a couple years for that's a lot of lawn mowing. That's man. a lot of lawn mowing for this little robot that's going to get worked off. And they'll like <laughs> edge too. Yeah, exactly. Edge and fix the garden and stuff you like know, that. Plant yeah. seed and stuff in the in the right Might time. Charge of year. extra, but still, you know what no, I'm it's saying. Still, hundred bucks a month. Yeah, it's probably right. But uh, I'm telling you, that's uh, that's a lot of robot, man. <laughs> 
better wash the car and <laughs> clean the windows too. Get you a beer. Exactly. You know, but uh, uh, it's it could be cool. Number one. Number one. This one, uh, Midget Ratchet gets into tight places. And uh, anytime we have a tool on Toolmonger that is either very specialty small tool. Oh, or yeah. very large oh, and yeah. powerful, it will normally get in the top five or at least in the top two. Um, reverse that. But yeah, there, there's, uh, there is always a, uh, an interest in these like tiny tools, you know? And, uh, this one's like a small little specialty ratchet that, uh, basically it's for those times where like in a, a tight, tight quarters, like auto work or something like that, where you can't get the full, full ratchet yep. down in there or something. You can get this down in there. Yep. So Totally. Uh, I have a couple. Yeah. I mean, they're... I have like... It's like a three-inch. Yeah. Three-eighths-inch three drive. Yeah. You know, they're three inches itty, long. itty-bitty, you know? So, uh, you do need them. They do help. So, uh, if you if you ever get around to it uh, and you, you see one of these and, and you're thinking you might want to buy them on a whim, you're not going to waste your money. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even if they're not like super brand tools... Yeah, it doesn't You're not really going to use them all the time either, so who cares? Yeah, and you're not putting like super torque down on them. You know, that's they're my a little favorite. bitty. You know, you see so often you'll see somebody that's like, oh, well, it's a piece of crap brand. You're like, yeah, it is, but you know, the four times you're going to use this in the next four years, and when you use it, you'll use it, and yeah. you'll need it, and it'll make a big difference. And at the very least, it'll save you an hour and a half trip back and forth to the you know local local tool shop, or to, uh, you know, sticking one of your others in the bandsaw. Well, yeah, there's. Just saying. There's one of those, yeah. It's bad toolmonger solutions. one of the things we've done yeah. in the past. More than once, actually. It's, this won't fit. Yeah, give me that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll fit. <laughs> Is this important to you? No. Okay. You know. But uh, yeah, it does happen. Uh, it fits now. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. Though I have to point out that, uh, that, that, that often the tools are hardened to the point where they're pretty harsh on, they're pretty rough on bands. Yeah, you're going to be buying yourself a blade. <laughs> You know, the next time you go out, but it's not good. But uh, depending on how big the tool is, you know, you might be able to get through it and uh, still have some teeth left on your your bandsaw blade. But uh, I highly doubt it, (laughs) Uh, especially if you have a name brand tool. (laughs) That's why you don't use name brand tools. Yeah, exactly. bankruptcy means yeah to actual you know the car buying public yeah i wrote a post about this a couple of weeks ago and uh you know i knew it was going to be loaded and it was um it's it's always one of those uh i made the top five a couple of weeks ago actually what's but, like the general consensus you got from tool Mothers? well i i got one of two reactions one you know oh screw jam jams yeah. you know and then uh then the other one was like look you know they're they are still an American automaker and you know, it's, they're going to bounce back and everything's going to be cool and, and it's, it's going to be fine. Um, I, I don't share either point of view specifically. I don't think, I mean, yeah, they, they screwed up a bunch. In fact, they screwed up a lot. Um, I also don't think they, you know, 
are the devil incarnate. No, uh, no. But I don't think it's going to be the same. Uh, no. After after they come out of this, if they come out of this, uh, the way they're hoping. Um, two things that really got me is they're they're going to put and have put a lot of people out of work. Yeah. And yeah, see, that's what I was going to say when you when when you said that a minute ago. When somebody's like screw GM, you're like, man, that's a lot of people. Which which people are you on? Dis- are you saying screw yeah. them? You know? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about you know the used car salesman who's a bastard and is trying to stick it to you. Yeah, he's going to stick it where the yeah, GM's around him. anyway. <laughs> I'm you know? down. I'm down with that. Yeah. But like, are the 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 new car salesman who might play a game with you? You know, or the dealer that that maybe gave you good service or bad service, you know, who do you, yeah. or are you talking about like one of those guys who, who's, you know, put his career into building cars and now people don't need cars and, you know, and they're as many anyway, and they're kind of out and I don't know, man, how do you, I can tell you this, that when we, when we have met people from GM, I have met some people that, that I could do without. Yeah. And I met some people that I thought were really fine people. Yeah. And I have a hard time just saying, screw them. Do I think that there were bad decisions in terms of what they built and why and when and how? And God knows, you know, business decisions that I can't even understand that have caused problems. But but on the other hand, I mean, they make some they make some pretty decent trucks. Yeah, they do. And they they they've made some pretty crappy cars and some pretty cool ones and some pretty decent trucks and some not so hot ones. But the the thing that I think really gets me is uh, I kind of see it on two sides of this. One is there's a lot of hardworking people who are not going to have jobs. Yeah. And that's rough job. And that, that's not cool. I've been on the other end of that. Yeah. And there's no upside to that. Yeah. You know, Um, it sucks. It sucks all the way around. And I really feel for those people. And um, the other side of that is there are some people in some very nice offices who make some really stupid ass decisions that, I cannot believe if they really looked at what's best for, if they were really looking for what's best for the company and everybody else around them, that they would have made those decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And those people, I would say, yeah, screw them. Uh, But (laughs) uh, there are a lot of, it's a big damn company and there are a lot of people involved with that. And there's a lot of people caught in the middle of this, you know, including the consumers and the, you know, the people building them and the people designing them, the, the, uh, decisions at the top to, you know, take a direction or two. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different sides inside this one company. And I think there's, uh, different levels of loathing and or support that can be assigned to a lot of those people. True. Um, and it's, there's a, it's a complex issue that people a lot smarter than me are trying to work out now. I'll tell you this from a practical perspective, I haven't been able to get any grasp at all on what it really means in terms of what we can buy and and how much it's going to cost and you know what will our choice be how much will it cost and can you buy them yeah it's just it's there's no way to know you know with with Chrysler selling to uh, Fiat I guess right yeah. mm-hmm. um certainly Chrysler had a, a a brief spurt of popular designs which then went out of style as fast as they came into style right and uh, obviously, an injection of new ideas into that company could be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the joke, of course, is everybody's like, "It's not an American company anymore." You're like, "They were owned by, you know, well, a German company before." But yeah, it's like, I mean, maybe not so much. <laughs> you know, this is an issue. <laughs> uh, Ford, of course, you know, 
managing to steer clear of some of the government uh, issues and staying out of bankruptcy. But of course, now everybody's wondering, you know, I saw an article the other day asking whether or not they're going to be at a disadvantage now with everybody else having gone through bankruptcy and unloading their debt and everything, which is rough because Ford has made some pretty decent cars in in the past few years. And uh, the Mustang's a pretty neat car now. Yep. And uh, has always been a relatively inexpensive practical vehicle. Uh, the 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 new uh, uh, what the new fu- not the fusion focus the focus yeah. yeah the new focus they finally brought the European focus over looks like a cool car again all of a sudden yep you know something that actually doesn't look ugly mm-hmm. right in that in that I've just never been able to get down on the previous focus I'm afraid I understand a lot of people love them but a lot of people love them and and they're reasonably popular my guess is that those people are going to love the new one even better yeah oh yeah I, you've I, seen I it right so. oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's the one they've been selling overseas for yeah you know, the the real one as far as i'm concerned right that's that's a nice looking car it is know, yeah for, for what it is what so, the hell you know i mean there's and and gm yeah you know i mean yeah. what uh, pontiac goes away so no offs there yeah solstice was cool but it was but you know, of course but, eh. and i guess it's gone all together now because saturn's gone yep so no sky yep. no loss with any yep. the rest of it um, so, I mean, they're going to have, uh, what, uh, GMC, which is going to be primarily trucks as well, I understand it. Um, Chevrolet and, uh, what is it? Uh, Buick and something else, right? Now I've, yeah, I have, so of course, yeah, of course, uh, Chevrolet with the Corvette and of course, Cadillac. Cadillac. That's the other one. You know, I, and, and it's probably just my own ignorance saying this. So don't laugh when somebody cues us in right on this, but it seems to me, I've always wondered why there is a need for a Chevrolet and GMC truck. You know, do we really need the different branding, you know, from a marketing standpoint, maybe you do, you know, you're, maybe you're more fleet oriented in GMC. I don't know, but I see a lot of guys driving GMC pickups that aren't fleet customers. Well, know? I think the, the, it used to be that the GMC was the higher end of them. And lately in the last couple of decades, it's become more of a fleet situation and just they just like, haven't discontinued the, can we just offer the, you know, offer the various models? Yeah. I, I don't know how that works to tell you the truth. There's, I mean, I, there I may know be that, some big reason that we don't know. But. Yeah. I know that fleeting probably has some, something to do with that because a lot of the, the fleet trucks that you see there are the big GMC trucks. I'm not talking about the, like the equivalent of the half tons or three quarter ton. I'm talking about the ones like the cube vans and stuff. Yeah. Like oh that yeah. I know what you're saying. Right. I mean, sure. they're bigger trucks. Right. 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 Um, I know some of that has something to do with it. Um, but I, I don't know exactly how it works for sure. It's sort of like, um, you know, for some reason in this country, you know, like uh, Lexus and and Toyota are separate, you know, and they aren't. In Japan, well, really, you know, I guess know? the thing is there that I I do get the separation there because, you know, they're offering even if yeah okay some of them are based on the same chassis, you know, well, there's some of them that are pretty pretty damn close to the regular Toyota offering. But, but, again, but there's a sizable difference between them. Even then, you know? even if it was just marketing, I can see the need to maybe have a different luxury image versus a standard image. But you're talking about trucks, right? You know? And and I, having seen Chevrolet trucks that are really decked out, and GMC trucks that are really decked out, and seeing, you know, GMC has some industrial line that maybe you don't see in Chevrolet, and blah blah blah. But when it comes down to it. Uh, there's a whole lot of overlap there, much more than like Toyota Lexus, you know, or Nissan Inf- Nissan Infinity, you know. And there's... I think that's kind of the problem too, you know. I mean, they're not really offering different products, and 
that may be part of what the problem is and and part of what's got them in trouble because people don't have that identity. I mean, like if you look at something like a Corvette, you know what a Corvette is. True. You know exactly True. what it should be, what it should look like, and why it's different than everything else. Speaking um, of, I saw a Camaro the other day. New one? Yeah. Oh, God, I love those things. Yep. Um, I mean, just uh, you know what those are. Yeah. If you look at it, if you covered up the badging yeah. on a GMC and a Chevy of the equivalent type, I mean, if you have one big one and one huge, or you know, one small one, of course, you're going to know the difference. But uh, equivalent, something that a consumer would buy. Absolutely. I don't know if you could tell the difference. You'd have readily. to like know. You have to be pretty the, into it to understand what the from a functional is. perspective. There are a lot of them offered that are similar in in yeah. in function and market, and they have the same damn power plant, which. Well, and again, I mean, I could see if, like, I don't know, all the luxury trucks were in one, you know? Okay, fine. It's right. a marketing thing, you know? Right. I could see if, if you know, all the fleet trucks were in one, you know? I get that. You know, there's a need to to market those in a different way, you know? But when they overlap so much, I don't know. I just feel kind of stupid. Like, okay, it's a GMC. It's a Chevrolet. Okay. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why that that is that way, but... Um... And maybe it's something they're going to fix soon, but I uh, I don't lament the loss of the Pontiac other than the fact that, you know, it used to have my my uh, my Trans Am, you know, but right. Trans Am hasn't been a Trans Am for I don't know how long. I always thought that the uh, that the uh, very poorly named GTO, uh, great car, bad name, mm. you know, I mean, in reality, I always thought it was a was a pretty cool vehicle. One of my friends has one, had one for four, five, six years now. Four years, I guess. A while. Mm-hmm. And uh, is talking a, about the new ones, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, is a fan. He had, he, you know, he had kids, and you know, he had back seats and all that crap, and yet he had, you know, four hundred horsepower and some go juice. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's really where they needed to be. And I'll agree that it's kind of a cool car. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, and, and it's it's not one of those things that they're. That's not the direction they needed to be headed. I mean, if you look exactly. at some of the cars that are, or some of the the other automakers that are out doing their thing today they're supplying vehicles that meet the demands of their customers and i think a lot of the gm products just didn't quite hit chrysler it. figured it out with plymouth a while back yeah you know it's like you don't need another marketing brand to just put a different name on the car and a little different you know paint and yeah some different options a different badging and, option on your minivan that's a lot of cash you know, you know? yeah just out the door, you know, and whatever. it was a good decision, and I yeah. think it probably saved him a bunch of cash. Now I'm speaking as a consumer, not you know, as a as an accountant. I don't know, maybe whatever it is, business wise, as a consumer, I didn't feel like I lost anything when it went away. Yeah, you know, it's just you not know? that big a deal. Um, you you get a you get a caravan instead of a Voyager. You know, I mean, who cares? Goody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, but I mean, there there are certain things. I mean, like if uh, you look at Hyundai, I mean. Everybody made fun of them left, right, and backwards, and now yeah. they're out Japaneseing the Japanese. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's rough. Uh, they're providing low cost, decent quality economy cars, and by the bucket load. Yep, you know, and yep. that's gonna work for them. Yeah, I think it is. I, I mean, I think if you look at the truck situation, there are going to, there are always going to be a need for trucks. Yeah, what absolutely. You, what you need to do is figure out who the hell needs them and what they need in that and how much they're willing to actually pay for it and how much you can actually stuff in there to give it to them at that price. You know, I'll tell you one thing that I have kind of 
come to really I, I've I've enjoyed over the last you know year or so is that there seems to be a, a popular and I'm not talking about practical here I'm talking about right. popular you know right there seems to be a popular move toward reasonable with notable exceptions which to me is like a great place for the world to be mm-hmm. there should always be room for the toy right you know but the toy isn't a daily driver and don't pretend mm-hmm. you know if you have you know a toy that you drive around that gets four miles to the gallon and and uh is totally impractical and as loud as badass yeah that's awesome there should always be room for that but it, it was getting kind of absurd in the past few years in terms of what you saw as daily drivers well, and yeah, and the the part that bothered me was the rationalization making them. Yeah. Daily dri- oh, I need. No, you don't. No. You don't need something that big. You, you know? don't need a car with 400 horsepower for daily driving. No. You don't. They're cool. I'm not yeah. saying you shouldn't have one. I'm saying that, you know, they need to be in the right place, which is toy. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, especially with trucks, you know, it, it got for a while to where you'd see people wanting to buy the most powerful truck they could buy. And in many cases, to get that power beyond a certain amount, you're trading something. Yeah, you're negating the truck qualities of it. You know? Right. Like you've got a truck that goes like hell in the quarter. Well, guess what? It ain't going to tow. Yeah. Well, it might, but it depends, you know. <laughs> not with any kind of efficiency. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it depends. And, you know... I'm not saying that you need trucks without a V8 necessarily, though you might. You know, if you're one of the plumbers that that, that caught us up so short when we were making fun of, of those uh, uh, extended cab short beds, mm-hmm. uh, and you're not towing squat. Yeah. You know, you're just you're just hauling four butts and a bunch of plumbing gear and uh, literally crappy plumbing gear yeah. in, in the back. You know, you may not. I love to see the fact that people seem to be looking now saying, you know what, I'm not going to pay an extra 100 bucks a month, you know, just to have an extra 50 horsepower or 80 or 90 horsepower that I'm not going to use. And then sometimes turning that 100 bucks a month into the fun project car that's completely stupid. That's healthy to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The uh, the neighbor a couple doors down from me uh, is a... Uh, uh, general contractor painter right and uh he had this huge ford f-250 i mean, <laughs> I mean not the 354 but i mean it was a big 250 is a big yeah. diesel thing you know and everything and and you know it was it was beat to hell as normally they are and uh one day it was just gone and uh i kept noticing that uh his wife was parking in the driveway a lot well it wasn't his wife he went out and got a minivan and stripped <laughs> yeah. the living crap out of it threw all his stuff in the back and, uh, you know, I asked him about it a couple of weeks ago and he's like, oh yeah, you know, it gets three times the mileage that my truck got between it's, the gas and the payments. Yeah. He's like, it's nothing. It's like he you got know? a raise. Yeah. He's like, you know, I bought this thing with straight cash. It was like 1800 bucks. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, it, it's not pretty at all, but, so? but it works. He's like, I You're can lock paint in it. Yeah. I can lock absolutely everything in here and including my tools, you know, so I don't need this big, weird you know, tool system or anything like that. I, I got a remote lock on it. Watch. Burp, burp, you know? <laughs> uh, I mean, so there's, that's awesome. There's that kind of, and he's like, it's fine. And he's like, people laugh and make funny and everything like that until, you know, I pop the garage and you see this, you know, and he's got a little, uh, you know, uh, MR2 sitting yeah. in there that he, that he bought to, to play, play with. with. Yeah. Yeah. And you can damn well buy another car yeah. for the difference in cost between the payment 
and well, hell, I mean, you know, since he bought it, I mean, even if he went and bought a, a strip minivan, yeah, and paid on it, which he didn't, but let's yeah. say he did, right? Yeah, it still is going to pay for itself. I mean, holy crap! Yeah. I mean, you're talking hundreds of dollars a month. Yeah. Oh yeah, easy. You know. And and hey, you know, screw the minivan hate. I know everybody's like, oh, oh, oh minivan, but you know, it's a vehicle, people. Yeah. You know, it has a purpose. Yeah. Now, granted, I mean, when you were in high school and they gave you the hand-me-down and you had to drive it, well, that that does indeed suck. Kind of sucks. Yeah. I will not argue this point. You know, that is as uncool as uncool can possibly get. However, it is a car. Not only will, yeah, you're right. Slightly more uncool, not yeah. having a car. But, not having a car. But, you know, between the uncool of driving it and the fact that no one will let their daughter out with you because you have a van <laughs> would mean yeah. that that's pretty much the end of, you know, yeah, whatever. But at least you can get around. Yeah, it's rolling birth control, but that's okay. Yeah, you know? whatever, you know. But uh, but as a as a work vehicle, I mean, I know a lot of guys played in bands and everybody wanted, had their big ass, badass truck with that, and then you couldn't haul the gear because it was in the open and right. you couldn't park it anywhere. And blah. Through that, man. People get a crappy old minivan, throw all the gear, and it's like, good to go, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I could take some people with me if I need and to. And it costs jack to yeah, drive it, you know? Exactly. The insurance <laughs> is like, cheap, the gas is cheap. It, the van itself is it's probably cheap. cheap. Yeah. I mean, and if just... you didn't get one of the ones with the engine in the middle, it's actually pretty reasonable to work on. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, uh, well, yeah, most of the minivans have the transverse mounted front, you know, but if you, you're, I mean, I, I don't know if, a, is there a minivan with a, with a center mounted engine? Toyota. Oh, that's right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one too. I'm trying to remember that. what it is. I think Nissan or somebody made one. I can't remember who it is. It's not the Odyssey, is it? No, hell no. The Odyssey's so. right up front. Yeah. One of my favorite things, I probably mentioned this before, but one of my favorite things a while back, Grassroots Motorsports did a thing with uh, with a Superbird and uh, and an Odyssey. They put them on an autocross course. Oh, man, the Odyssey's going to kick the crap Just out of that Superbird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, how much has handling approved in the last few years? And I know, yeah, it's a joke. It's funny. You're like, well, of course, you know? Yeah. But what's surprising is how, you know, the, the type of handling that you get in a in a minivan these days, twenty years ago was like a race car. It's actually pretty surprising. <laughs> it is. I drove like, my mom's a couple of weeks ago, and you're like, you know, this handles pretty good. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's actually quite nimble. Exactly. <laughs> it's know? pretty funny. I mean, although you get that same Superbird and that same Odyssey on the drag strip, yeah, it's going to be a different story. I bet you. I'd put. I'd be willing to put a quarter that Superbird's going to do all right. I'd be willing to bet that if you put it on a you know on a one or two mile oval. It'd be a pretty significant uh, difference as well. Uh, yeah. But I'm just saying, I mean. Especially when that bird hits its gear. It's going to be all right, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, put it out of Talladega, it's going to be fine. It's still entertaining as hell. The point yeah. they were trying to convey, which I think is valid, is that, you know, it used to be that cheap cars rode badly. It's now not the case anymore. Now the design is, you know, the is so good, even in cheap cars. Yeah, that almost all cars ride okay. You know, yeah, I mean, like, I've got a, a Mazda three. It's very, right, it's yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah, new. Cool we got car. a couple months ago. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know what we needed for uh, for the the family situation that sure, we're we're sure. embarking on here. And you know what? It's probably the best handling vehicle other than a motorcycle that I've ever had. You know, it stops the quickest. It's great, and it deals with a lot of the uh, the BS that you might have seen in previous generations. It's just just all gone. It's it's a robo car, man. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it does everything. It, it's great. Right, I have a Honda too. It's same kind of thing, you know. Yeah, it's I like, mean, it's it's not a big deal, and it's improved so much, like you're saying, that people don't really notice how how well they drive now. 
And I think that is one of the things that gets lost because you can get so much for so little that you don't necessarily need. There is a division between what you need and what you want. Yeah. Do you need a big, you know, a big giant truck or a big, awesome, powerful Hemi in it or something? No. Well, like I said, and I'm not just one of these people that says, oh, it should all be practical. No. Cars should not be fun. Cars should be fun. Don't take away the stupid stuff. Separate them. Yeah. Separate it. You know? And do that intelligently. Don't put your stupid in your work truck. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and and, uh, the car manufacturers too. Do you need to make 10 million of these huge Haas sports cars every year? No. No, you know, you know, you honestly, don't. in this market, I don't think you do. Do you need to have them? You know, I kind of think so. Like I said, I'm liking what I'm loving is that I'm seeing people, you know, the guy who's, you know, like a painter or a plumber or somebody who's not towing anything to the job. Yeah. And he's instead of buying this big ass truck, you know, these guys are buying if they're by themselves, a smaller truck, you know, a smaller right. engine that holds right. their stuff or a minivan or, or whatever, or minivan, something. And they're taking their money and they're buying themselves a nice bike or they're buying themselves yeah. a nice little know, car or, you know, you know, even the big truck, have that, or, you know, or, throw some mud you tires know, on it. A you know? muscle car that everybody's like, oh my God, the world, you know, and selling them for nothing. I mean, they're snapping them up, you oh, know, yeah. driving it on weekends. And you know what? It costs much gas to go down the Sonic. I saw, yeah. You know, like, yeah, that's true. I, I drove by a uh, beautiful R6 uh, Yamaha. Oh, nice. The other day. 800 bucks. Oh, there wasn't damn. a thing wrong with it. Oh, I just can't. It's just caught uh, me like it is. I'm like, man, if I had 800 bucks, I'd load this thing in the back right now. I'm glad you didn't tell me about that because we, we probably would have had to do something about that. Oh, we don't need an R6. No, but we could probably You'd sell kill it to a smarter it. person. Yeah, probably. <laughs> wasn't anything wrong with it either. We, we could know? probably sell it to somebody else for more than that and then go get some, you know, two bikes that made sense. Yeah, I, I looked at it. I was like, hmm, well, it's been laid over once, but it's yeah, not really a big clean deal. Clean that up. Yeah, you can clean that up. It's just varying. <laughs> you know, it's just varying stuff. I think we could have totally parlayed that into some. Yeah, chain was loose, but other than yeah, that. It's easy to take care of. Too. Yeah, he was doing some wheelies with it. You know how that, you know, yeah. it's 24-year-old. With a, yeah, it's an R6. You know? <laughs> Front wheel comes it's off like the ground pretty easy. Yeah. Back tires are bald, huh? <laughs> Imagine. Funny, funny about that. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, that's the kind of stuff you're seeing right now, and I I think it's an interesting time, and hopefully the GM thing will get straightened out. Me too. I hope it all goes well, and if you have anything to say, remember that you can call us. I'll give you the number again, 214-296-9229, extension 702. And if uh, I think since we kind of ran over in time, I guess that's all we have for this week. Yeah. We'll see you next week.